So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Do you ever find yourself in a really bad mood and you want to stay there? In fact, you want people to leave you alone so you can properly enjoy your bad mood with peace and quiet all to yourself. No rules. It just feels good. Why does it feel good? Like, what is that? Why is it sometimes, even though we know we feel bad, we don't necessarily want to feel better? Why is it sad songs sometimes are so cathartic when you're already sad instead of looking for, you know, your 80s playlist or pop music to pick up your spirits? You opt for your sad music playlist on Spotify. Today, we explore the phenomenon of why it feels good to feel bad. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. So a couple of weeks ago, I had a night where I got my normal seven hours of sleep. I mean, my goal is always eight, but I have to tell you that I feel best at seven. I even sometimes feel really good at six and a half. I know for health reasons, I need to at least get seven. That's my goal. But the other night I got my seven hours of sleep, but I woke up and I was like super tired. You know, one of those days where you're just like, what the heck? Like I felt like I had been drinking the night before or something. I literally felt hungover when I woke up, like really tired. And I looked tired. My eyes were puffy and kind of swollen and I couldn't connect thoughts the way I normally do. And with everything I now know about sleep, I have no doubt that one of my REM cycles or maybe several of my REM cycles were disrupted. And who knows why? Maybe there was something going on from a hormone standpoint. There's so many different reasons why and how your REM sleep can be disturbed. And when your REM sleep is disturbed, even if you are technically asleep in your bed, you're not getting the benefits of sleep that you're supposed to get. So long story short, I woke up that day and I was just crazy tired. And that crazy tired eventually turned into crazy cranky. Like I was in such a bad mood. It was beyond a bad mood. Now you have to know, and maybe you already do know this about me, I'm as even as they come. When things are going really bad, I'm still pretty even. When things are like out of control, exciting, like so much good happiness happening, I'm still very even. You know, when like exciting things happen and people will say to me like, oh my God, are you freaking out? Are you so excited? I always feel like there must be something weird about me because I just want to say I'm happy, but I'm no happier today than I was yesterday before I got this news. Like, and I feel guilty sometimes that I feel so even. I just, life is good and it doesn't take like one special thing to make me happier. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not a freak. I mean, I do have feelings. But it's weird the things that make me happy are little teeny tiny things and they almost always relate to my family, my kids, or I don't know, like weird things for me. Like, I don't know, they just don't affect me the same way they do other people. And I have learned to just, and I know this is gonna sound weird, but what can I do other than be honest with you? And that is to tell you that sometimes I fake it because just like anyone, I don't want people to think, what a weirdo, that, or is she not 
grateful because I'm totally grateful. I'm very thankful. I just, I'm not that excited. Like, it's awesome, but like, it's life. And there's going to be bad days and there's going to be good days. Having said that, when really, really, really bad things happen, they don't get me that down. I mean, of course, if it's somebody else's health or someone, you know, should die or is injured, like that gets me really, really sad. Thinking about other people in pain gets me really, really sad. But like, when really bad things happen to me, it just, I stay pretty even. All of that to explain to you that when I do have a day that I'm excessively sad, that's weird. It's out of the ordinary for me. Conversely, if I have a day where I'm like beyond excited, like so happy I can't contain myself, that's kind of weird too. I haven't had that many days without an explanation for why I feel that way, right? So when I do have a really bad day, a really down day, I look for that explanation. Like, why do I feel this way? It was probably midway through the day on this day after having my sleepless night that I was like, oh, I know why. Well, I, I think I know why. I think it's because I didn't get adequate sleep and I'm in, I'm in a really bad mood. But here's the thing about being in a bad mood if you're the kind of person who is kind of rarely in a bad mood. It feels good. And I remember thinking that it felt good from the time I was a child. Now, you might not be able to relate to this story at all. Because maybe you had the kind of childhood where there was too much sadness going on. There were too many days that were dark. There was too little to look forward to. You know, some of that's environment. Some of that is just the way our brains work. You know, if you've ever looked at some of the research done by Dr. Amen, you know that a good percentage of our brains are inherited. And then the way our brains develop and the patterns that we create an equal, if not higher, percentage of how our brain functions is a result of our, our upbringing, our environment, and then the habits that we develop ourselves. So for me, growing up with what I like to call a happy brain, because Marge and Bill, they both are very happy people. And you know, when two happy people come together and have children, they typically make happy babies, but not always. Anyways, I think I've got a pretty happy brain, but a very even brain. I keep things in check. But as a kid, I remember when I would feel sad, which was usually over like a boy, because <laughs> I've been boy crazy all my life. I'm not boy crazy today. Well, I'm crazy over a boy, my husband. But as a kid, when I experienced feelings of sadness, I think that was so novel that I wanted to feel it. Like I really wanted to feel it. And I would listen to sad songs and try to stay in it, try to make myself cry and actually try to enjoy, if that makes sense, enjoy being sad. And I could never get it to last for very long, but I just remember thinking as a kid that it made me feel like I was alive. It was a different feeling, and it made me feel more in touch with myself, and it made me feel, maybe it made me feel aware that I had the ability to influence the way I felt. Like I could focus on it long enough and hard enough and focus on the right kinds of thoughts, and I could keep myself sad. And it was about that time that I realized I had the ability to do the opposite. Like I could focus and think about things, and I could create happiness, feelings of happiness. Anyways, back to sadness, because I'm going to do a follow-up on happiness, but sadness. Now, as an adult, I'm not ashamed to tell you, when I'm in a bad mood, I enjoy it. And I need you to step off and not try to cheer me up. That is like my pet peeve. I feel like I don't get many of these days. And especially the other day when this happened, I remember like people like trying to cheer me up. They're like, oh, so why are you in a bad mood? You got this, this, and this. I'm like, I know. 
I know perfectly well all of the blessings that I have. And I was really annoyed that people were trying to cheer me up. I'm like, I think I found it offensive, or I maybe I have always found it offensive, that people would think that I don't realize all of the amazing things in my life or that I'm not entitled to have a down day. Like, it's a treat. And I wanted to explore this topic and try to figure out, like, why does it feel like a treat? I mean, it seems so counterintuitive that feeling bad could actually feel good. Goal in creating this for you is creating it for me, too. This is what I want you to know. You have permission to have real feelings. You have permission to have bad days. You have permission to be annoyed by people, to be hurt, to grieve, to be down, to be grateful for everything that's good and all the blessings and to recognize and appreciate like everything that's amazing, but at the same time, to have a bad couple of hours, to have a bad day, to have a bad week, to have a bad couple of months, to grieve, to go through a season of sadness. And just to clarify, I'm not talking today about a season of sadness. I'm not talking about depression. And I'm not even talking about the sadness that comes with grief or betrayal or loss. Today, I'm specifically talking about having a bad freaking day. Leave me alone. Sorry, not sorry. Right? That kind of day. I'm going to shed some light on why it feels good and why you're entitled to have it and why it's actually good for you to give yourself permission to have an occasional bad day. Number one, it's cathartic. It feels good, especially if you're that positive, upbeat person that you tend to feel responsible for keeping everybody up. Like you're always in a good mood. You're always happy. You're the person who you come in the room and you want to light everybody else up. You want everyone to be happy or at least to be even. You don't like to see people sad. You're the person who sometimes feels responsible for other people's moods. People look to you to lighten the load, to cheer them up, to keep them entertained, or at least to be the person with a positive outlook. And if that's you, when you have a bad day, you kind of feel like, hey, I'm calling in sick today. I'm taking the day off. I'm putting a sign up that says do not disturb and I'm off duty. No one else's mood am I responsible for. And as a matter of fact, I don't need any y'all trying to be responsible for my mood. That's my job. That's the other reason why I think I get, I'm just this like true confessions here, right? But I get really annoyed in the rare occasion when I am in a bad mood, when other people start trying to cheer me up and put me in a good mood because I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't try to use my ninja tricks on me. It's me who's normally the annoying person trying to get everybody else to be in a good mood. So don't, don't try to pull that on me when that is my role. Like, no. It's that person who wants to explain to you how to do something that you're like, yeah, but see, I already invented that. So it's really kind of pathetic that you're trying to explain to me how to do that because like, I'm already the expert. Like, I'm just telling you, that's how I feel when I'm in a bad mood and I can't be left alone and people are trying to cheer me up. Or they're like, it's okay that you're having a bad day. You're entitled. I'm like, girl, I don't need you to tell me I'm entitled. I need you to drop it. Or the person who's like, don't worry, tomorrow's going to be a better day. I'm like, eh, I'm just saying I'm cranky. Do we have to make such a big deal about this? I'm just trying to warn you 
that my nerves are right at the surface of my skin today. I'm just trying to give you fair warning. I'm trying to let you know that you normally see me with a big smile on my face. Like it's nothing you've done that I'm not smiling. It's nothing you've done wrong. It's nothing you can fix. Please allow me to listen to a little Adele and be in my bad mood. Married And what is it about Adele that just pairs so magically with a melancholy mood? I mean, that's what sad music's all about. Sad music can make you cry. Sad music can put into words something that you can't even express. Sad music makes us feel emotion. Sad songs are like having company. It's like when you're feeling really down and you just need somebody else who can match your mood. Somber music is like the perfect company where it's safe to be sad. And I wanted to know what that was about. Like, what is that thing? It's obviously pretty powerful because we've all experienced it. And I found interesting research, research that suggests that rather than happiness, sad music elicits an entire range of, quote, sublime emotions. And these sublime emotions include wonder and transcendence and peace and nostalgia. In fact, New York Magazine also reported that sad songs or melancholy music actually helps us to regulate our moods. It's a process that our emotions need sometimes to be prompted. In other words, sometimes we forget to feel. We don't give ourselves permission to have a good cry. In fact, one of my favorite playlists on my Spotify playlist is called Just That Beautifully Sad. They're songs that I've specifically curated because they make me feel sad. They make me feel melancholy. They can make me cry. And sometimes I I love these songs when I'm working out. Like there's nothing better than putting on a song that's like beautifully sad and evokes emotion in me to evoke movement. Often, obviously, it's Pio, it's movement that flows. And gosh, when you combine movement and music and emotion, oh my gosh, there's like nothing better. Of course, if you'd like to hear that playlist, you can find it by going to Spotify. I have two different profiles on Spotify. One is Shalene Johnson and one is Shalene Private, which I used to keep private because I'm like, I don't know if I want the world knowing how gangster (laughs) my music tastes are. So you can find it under Chalene Private on Spotify. If you just search the playlist, Chalene Private, Beautifully Sad, you'll find that sad playlist if you need something to evoke some emotion in you. But let's dig a little further. First of all, I know that happiness is ultimately the goal, right? But it's also unrealistic to think that we're supposed to be happy 365 days a year. I don't try to be happy 365 days a year. I do, however, like to know that I have the power within me to be happier, but that I also have the ability to feel all of my emotions. All emotions serve a purpose, whether it's fear or anger or disgust or shame. All of these things help us to kind of recognize maybe something that's threatening or something that's dangerous or something we just need to take note of. But so what's the point of being in a bad mood? Like, or feeling sad, like what purpose does that specifically serve? Well, psychologists believe that a mild 
temporary, that's the key word, temporary bad mood actually serves as a very important and very useful adaptive role in how we learn to cope with everyday challenges and just difficult situations. I think that they also act as kind of a social signal that we need to disengage that like it's okay to withdraw. It's okay to want to be alone just to sometimes it's just you are such an upbeat person that you never take time to sort through what's going on in your head that you haven't taken a moment. At least I know this is true for me when I'm in a bad mood. It's often because I haven't taken a moment to sort through all of the things that I tend to just go, oh, I can take it. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, I can deal with that stress. Oh, another thing that you need from me. Oh, okay. I've got this coming up. Oh, it's all fine. Like it's all good until I wake up and I'm in a bad mood. And what I realize is I haven't allowed myself to feel stress like to acknowledge that maybe it's too much or to acknowledge that I need a moment to organize my thoughts. And so for me, it's a cue that I need to be alone. And it has served to be incredibly valuable for me to communicate this with my husband. Most importantly, you have to communicate this with the people who are going to wonder if your bad mood is because they've done something wrong. Okay, clearly I want to state that I'm not talking about you being in a bad mood all the time. You need to check yourself. Like something's going on there, and I don't mean to joke around because that could be depression, and it could be an outlook. It could just be a negative perspective. But if you are routinely in a bad mood, this message is specifically for those of us who on occasion find ourselves in a bad mood and we feel guilty about it or like there's something wrong with us or we feel annoyed when other people are trying to cheer us up or tell us that you know or try to make us feel as though it's there must be something wrong otherwise why would they be trying to cheer us up this message is to help you understand it serves a very useful purpose and most often the purpose is to let you know you need to take inventory you need to take some time for yourself guess what else happens when we're sad? We're often our most creative. It's no coincidence that the greatest artists in history were known to struggle with depression. Artists like Vincent Van Gogh, Ernest Hemingway, T.S. Eliot, Woody Allen, Winston Churchill, even artists like Beyonce, Alanis Morissette, and Adele have said that they've written their best music when they were sad. Okay, and here's the other thing. Don't we all want authenticity? Now, I don't want to be around someone who's always sad. I just don't. I mean, none of us do because sadness can also be contagious, which is why I think it's often our natural instinct to want to be alone. And if you don't want to be alone, that's okay too. But I think it's important that we are self-aware and recognize if our sadness is an attempt to seek attention. If that's the case, if you are hoping that other people will rush to your side and try to cheer you up and bring you flowers and a Starbucks latte in hopes that other people will help make you happy, and, and if in fact you believe that other people, it's their responsibility to make you happy or to spend time with you so that you're happy or to include you so that you're happy. If, if you think the actions of others are what makes you happy or unhappy, that is a really good sign that we're not talking about just an occasional bad day. That relates to belief and self-doubt. And those are things that I personally think you need to work through. And if you want to work through it the quick way, you go to a therapist and figure out what is the root cause. You go to someone who's a psychotherapist, someone who is skilled, not a best friend who feels guilty about the fact that you're sad, but someone who's really trained if in fact you identify that this isn't just an occasional bad day, but it's 
something that you struggle with and you do feel like other people are often responsible for have a major impact on your happiness and how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the world. My goal is that you take away from this message that happiness is awesome. But when we talk about happiness, we can't exclude authenticity because we've all been around people who we think to ourselves, there is no way this person is this happy all the time. Like the happiness is almost too high. They're uncomfortable to be around. They're always smiling. You never get a real sense of what's going on. They never talk about what's really bothering them. And they're, they're just always too happy and bubbly. It's not real. You know they're hiding something. Period. End of subject. We don't know you if that's the face you're always putting on. So ultimately, I think we want to be authentic and that happiness and even sadness are both emotions we are entitled to feel, yet undeniably, we all desire happiness. In almost all of my goal-setting courses, when I ask people, okay, so what is it you want? And I take them through that exercise. And then I'll say, okay, well, 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 why do you want that car? Or why do you want to get married? Or why do you want to achieve a certain rank or status? Or, or why do you want to have X amount of dollars in your bank account? If I just keep pushing them, you know, they'll say, well, because I can pay off my bills. Okay. And well, why do you want to do that? Well, so I can have less stress. Okay. And, and why do you want to have less stress? Well, ultimately, so I can be happy. Ultimately, if you just keep peeling away the layers of anything you desire, the very core of what you will find is a desire for happiness. And that leads me to my next episode. My next episode is all about happiness and how happiness is a choice. It's a choice and a skill. And anything that's a skill is something you can improve. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. What I would love to encourage you to do is leave me a voice note. We haven't done this in so long, but I love listening to your messages. You can leave them for me if by going to my website. You just go to Shaleen Johnson. You won't forget that. ShaleenJohnson.com. You'll remember that. Forward slash speak pipe. Like you're speaking into a pipe. <laughs> oh boy. I had to give you a visual, otherwise you would forget it. Shaleenjohnson.com forward slash speak pipe. S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E. Speak pipe. Anyways, when you go to the, the website, you'll see a little button that says leave me a message and you'll actually record a message. Don't worry. If you don't like it, you can hit delete and re-record it. But I love listening to those. So let me know what you thought about this episode. And as always, if you leave me a review, let me know how to reach you because we are always giving away prizes and we love surprising people who lead reviews, but it's really important that you are a subscriber. So if you do leave me a review, include your email address in the review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Why? Because you, my friend, are the bomb.com. Interested in being in one of those test groups for my upcoming metabolism program? Awesome. To get on the wait list, go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com. Enter your name, your email address, and you'll be first to know when we open up our next test group. Please keep in mind that we are not able to admit those who may have any type of medical condition under a doctor's care for chronic illness. If you are pregnant, breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant, or in recovery from an eating disorder. Test groups are specifically for those who have identified themselves as weight loss resistant, struggling with your ability to lose weight. 
This is not an exercise program. Rather, test participants should have a minimum of 10 pounds to lose and have struggled for six months or more with weight loss resistance. To learn more or to be notified when we're conducting our next beta test, please go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com.